Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the First and Ten Podcast right here on the Blogging the Podcast Network. Your host, myself, Dave Sturchio, and two of the co-writers of bloggingtheboys.com, Aiden Davis, Tony Catalina. Memorial Day, fellas, as people are listening to the sounds of our majestic voices, mine's a little rundown. I had a, I, I celebrated the Rangers winning game six just a little too, uh, too hard last night, but um. I had myself a good time. I hope you guys are enjoying your Memorial Day weekends. I know Tony's having a blast, right, bro? Oh, yeah. I'm, in, I'm, I'm absolutely in the time of my life right now. <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you, uh, Tony is stuck in Mexico on his honeymoon. Uh, that's happening a lot lately, and I'm seeing it more and more, um, whether it be you know on the rise again or something to that effect, or maybe they're just they're trying to, you know, but the people coming back. So they basically told Tony they don't want him back in the, in the country. And um, now he's stuck there. But what better place? I mean, that place, the excellence of whatever the hell it's called, um, is one of the best places. I've I personally been to it. It's awesome. Uh, so what better place to get stuck? So, Aiden, you're also – where the heck are you this week? I'm in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Okay. Land of enchantment. All right. Uh, New Mexico. Is that where they filmed Breaking Bad? Yeah, right? Yes. That is – and if you – are looking for things to do in Albuquerque. That's the Breaking Bad tour is like one of the three things. Sorry there's a to, tour. There's a, there's a... Yeah, you yeah you can tour like it was actually filmed here. So you like you can tour like Walt's house. You can tour um, Saul Goodman's office. I don't really know. I can't I can't really remember what else. But yeah, you can That's tour. Great. Good yeah, but they're not. You're not. You're not cooking or anything out there, are you? <laughs> <laughs> no. So anyway, look. It is. Uh, it is. As you're listening to this, it is Memorial Day. It is May 30th, um, 2022, which also translates into there's not much going on in the ball. Obviously, OTAs, um, they're still happening. We're getting a, a couple in-depth looks, beat writers and the guys who cover the team and the Cowboys media. So they're, the practices are going on, and, and what you're seeing is, Tony, any scene, I mean, I'm sure you've been on the Internet more than anybody in the last couple of days, being that you had nothing. Anything standing out to you as far as, um, you know, the Cowboys OTAs? Yeah, I mean, I'm a little nervous. I mean, about the fact Tyron Smith is already, you know, they're making, you know, business decisions with him for OTA practices. And um, so I'm a little a little concerned with the, the, the health of Tyron Smith, especially this early, what that means for the offensive tackles and the offensive line position as a whole. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned to see what that goes. And, you know, right now it's kind of just – like you said, it's a lull. It's a quiet period. What you want to do is hear the positive things. You know, a lot of it is some of it's BS, but you want to continue to hear the positive things being said. And uh, you hopefully the rookies can catch up to the veterans and we can get clicking here soon. 
Aiden, have you, uh, I mean, one of the photos that surfaced real quick was uh, my guy, Ezekiel Elliott. Um, and the reason why is, of course, you're going to hear the same stuff every year. Zeke is in the best shape of his life. I don't know if you ever knew that, but I've ever heard that before. <laughs> but he's looking the best. And, ooh, here's optimism. Tony Pollard's lined up in the slot. or whatever. You know, it's, just, it's literally mirrored off of last year. The only difference is rocking a, a new helmet. You, you digging this thing? I mean, it looks like he's rocking a, either a spaceship on his head or a motorcycle helmet. It doesn't look very safe. It seems like with every helmet release, we're getting closer and closer to just like how high tech can the helmet look like it used to right. be like the little indent in the front. I, I appreciate the old school helmets that just ride L's that are just don't have any design. They're just smooth across the top. That's the ones that I appreciate the most. I, I would I'm go all, ahead, Tony. I'm all about like player safety and player like, you know, improvement. Um, but these are homely. These helmets are, are super ugly, and I'm surprised that all these guys – because you know Zeke is all about his on-field swag. Like, this dude is drippy at all times. For him to wear this helmet, it looks like a bad version of, like, a Halo helmet. Like, and without the visor on it, like, without the visor, they're going to have a huge opening. I don't know. It's And I think Anthony Brown's wearing it. Tony Pollard's wearing it now. So, I hope they're just trying it out, and uh, it's, it's I wonder. Fresh. I, I can't help but wonder if it's one like a like a sponsor thing. Like a, you know, one guy came up and was like, "Hey, can you uh can you just rock these and take some pictures and let everybody know that the coolest newest things going right now?" And then all the kids, you know, the kids are like, "Oh man, I gotta get that." Because I remember when I was a kid, I like obviously everybody played Madden growing up. Like I didn't care if I was like I was a quarterback. I would always do the John Sanders look. Like that was my helmet. That was my favorite helmet, no matter what. It's like, well, you're a quarterback. You shouldn't be. But uh, I, that was my favorite. Look. But don't like credit the single bar down the center. Look, man, that that's a lost art like that. That just that signified mean that signified just nasty. Just I think Leon Led had it, if I'm not mistaken, like those kind of guys. That's mean to me. This right here just is like a target. Like, I hey, look, I face between my my nose come like i just i don't know man it's got a weird look to it i think the like the meanest helmet look there ever is and i it kills me to say this when strahan used to wear just like the thousands of bars across his face <laughs> it was like just a thousand little like holes i guess that yeah. to me looked it, that was, was you know it's tough it was tough when sean taylor used to tape his like face yeah. mask like you know that was you know he was coming to leave some scuff marks on that helmet so <laughs> But hey, look that—that's uh, when it comes to May. Um, we're talking about football right now. But I also saw something that broke the other day, and it affects one of our guys because as of right now, Dalton Schultz, tight end one, is playing on the franchise tag, and there's discussion as far as like, will he or won't he play? It seems like it's a foregone conclusion he's going to play on it, right? I mean, they're they're working out a a long term deal and this that and a third, but over the last you know the browns is the browns you know what i mean all this uh jumps the gun here and gives david ninjoku a fat new deal now while i think i i can't say he deserves it because i feel like i have never seen him play an actual full season of health um but now this kind of resets the market tony do you feel like this is going to reset the market in a way but at least whatever dalton thought he was, he's probably like hmm now I could probably get a little more out of this. Do you think this is a, a bad timing thing that Ninjoku's fine? You know, that's that's the million-dollar question, no pun intended, because, you know, 
it's really a Dalton Schultz thing, like where I think he ha- he has a place in this league. Obviously, is it going to be with Dallas? Is the major question now? Was them drafting Jake Ferguson their way of saying he's going to play on this tag? We're comfortable at that number for one year to get him off the books because you know the Blake Jarwin thing really threw like a wrench in everything. If yeah. Blake Jarwin was here, um, I don't know if Dalton Schultz even gets you know tagged and i don't know if don schultz is even here and it might be like jarwin and jake ferguson here so um i i say all that to say um i don't feel as confident about don schultz in a long-term deal getting hammered out as i did before and i and you know and everything you hear about jake ferguson minicamp talk ota talk it's it's great like he's awesome but um if there's some smoke with that fire talk um i, I think that we could be looking at a, a wide a tight end two next year and jake ferguson being the guy aiden do you think that this is do you think that the Njoku deal kind of tells Dallas, like, all right, we need a backup plan? Because it's like, they were like, oh, he's, we're good with the tag. Like, we'll work this out. It'll get done. But now that Njoku signs and makes all this money and kind of, like I said, doesn't reset the market per se because he's not making Kittle money. He's not making this this big, big, like, Kelsey money. But he is making a substantially more than, you know, than you would, he like his caliber player would make. As Dallas have to go into this, with a, a new mindset, like we okay, we got to develop McEwen, we got to develop Ferguson. Like, otherwise, we're going to wind up in an Amari Cooper situation where we pay this guy all this money, and then in two years, we want to try to get rid of him. See, that would be the logical thing, and I really want to believe that's the case, but it kind of seems like Jerry's just the guy who makes his mind up about certain players about who he wants to keep and who he doesn't. And if he decides he wants to keep you, he's going to throw money at you. I'm still unsure if. Schultz is a guy that Jerry wants to keep around on the team. Obviously, they tagged him this year. I think if you can hammer out a long-term deal that's worth like $10 million a year, I think that's somewhat reasonable for a, guy, for a guy like Schultz. But when you start getting into this 13 14 money like Njoku is now making, I mean, it, it gets a little iffy. I don't, I'm, I'm not willing to pay that. So I don't know. It, it all just comes down to is Jerry actually dedicated about Schultz? And the fact that they drafted Ferguson kind of raises questions for me. Yeah, well, from from the draft day, and obviously, you know, bringing back Sprinkle and McEwen and like the decent depth chart when it comes to tight end, and from everything that we've been reading as far as coverage on Jake Ferguson, it seems like all right, this kid could be special. We don't know; it's way too early. You know, you don't want to you don't want to take a a seam route that he runs and Dak hits him on stride as, as one of these big things. Like, oh, I knew it, I knew it. Now, oh. You're telling me he wants to rock Moose's number? Give it to him. Give it to him. Hey, he's the new, you know, not a fullback, but you know what? He's special. So, and I never understood that, to be honest with you. Like, how many numbers can you possibly retire? <laughs> and, like, why are they making a big stink of him wearing 48? If I'm not mistaken, there was a 48 not too long ago. And I think it was, I think it was one of our linebackers, if I'm not mistaken. I, I could be wrong. Joe Thomas. Joe oh, Thomas. Joe Thomas. Bro, Joe Thomas guy. You know, like, I. Never once did I be like, oh, he's wearing Moose's number. You know, all of a sudden it's, it's – I, I, I guess maybe because he's on the offensive side of the ball. But, yeah, man, that, that's – it's interesting. We'll see what happens because, again, you know, with, with the Cowboys, the way they spend their money and, and how conscious, I guess you can call them, about the salary cap, you know, you, you kind of wonder if they don't hammer out the original deal that they had in place, meaning, like, I'm sure they tagged them um, with, with an extension in mind. But I'm thinking to myself, like, all right, their extension was was Vision A, and all of Z has that. You know what I mean? And now you got what they're gonna do there. I don't know. Um, 
other stuff. Let's see. For the Cowboys to start OTAs, obviously they've been using Tony Pollard, according to some pictures, you know, from Gelkin and a couple other guys out there tweeting out pictures from practice. Are we going? Is it Groundhog Day? Which I know Tony said that he was watching the other day, according to Twitter. Um, is it Groundhog Day with the Cowboys here when it comes to Tony and Zeke? Like, are we going to have to deal with this whole? Or, hey, we're we're going to realize finally how to use this guy, and you just wait. Tony, do you have the the gut feeling that Kellen Moore now has more him right now to get this completely right? It's funny. Um, it does feel like Groundhog Day because, but I do think the one difference this time around is this fan base. I'm gonna give it some credit. I think we're a lot smarter. I think we. I think last year burned us, and this fan base smart enough to what the what is just you know smoke and mirrors and what is real. So them talking about Tony Pollard in the same light that they talked about him in last year and didn't do any of those things that they were discussing or talking about has to be looked at as a wait and see type of situation. Um, we would love to have Tony Pollard. I would love to see him get double digit touches every single game. I don't care how you manufacture that. I don't care if you think he's Debo Samuel Light. Whatever the case may be, give him the football. Let him make plays. Even if it's in between the tackles, I'll give him some traditional touches. I'm totally fine with that. But I have to see it to believe it because every year we hear about, you know, Tony Pollard's in the in the slot. We got we got four wide and Zeke's out there with crazy motion and everything's getting creative. Yeah, it can get creative and cute when you're going 50%, 75% speed with shells on. It's a whole different ball game when you're in January and you're playing the 49ers and you get punched in the mouth. So I would love for this to be accurate. Accurate, and I would love to be proven wrong, but at the end of the day, I'm just going to take it for what it is, and it's just fodder right now. Aiden, do you think there's any, any, I guess you can call it gip, you know, from the coaching staff? Like, all right, first couple OTAs, we're going to line this guy up pretty much everywhere under the sun, and people are going to start raising questions. Defensive coordinator is going to be like, what do we, what do we do? I mean, he, we don't know where he's going to be, and the quarterback isn't even there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like little science type stuff, but like. What uh? So you're looking at Tony Pollard in the slot, spelling Zeke. Like, what is the workload that comfortable with, with you know, using a guy like Tony Pollard in this offense? Yeah, I think that I mean Tony kind of got it right. Where we kind of Debo's kind of going to become the popular answer of like, how should you use a really athletic player? Well, use him like Debo. Yeah. By the way, we don't need Debo Samuel. We got Debo Samuel at home. (laughs) (laughs) We're good. Go ahead. But, I mean, it's just – the thing that I think the 49ers coaching staff does brilliantly is they find a way to get the ball into their good players' hands. And it's it sounds so, like, simple and, like – It's not complex coaching, but just do it. And I think – I mean, I think that would be the ideal scenario, whether it is using him in the slot, whether it's lining him out wide, whether it's – Bringing him, moving him on motions and giving him an end around, whether it's just giving, getting him the ball of the backfield. I mean, there's just, there's so many ways that you could have given Tony Pollard the ball more. And like, we've had this debate over the offseason of like, let's take Zeke off the field more and let's put Tony Pollard in and get him touches. Well, it's not A or B. You can get Tony Pollard the ball in other ways while keeping Zeke on the field. And I think that'd be a brilliant way to do it. So we'll see. By the way, last year, do you guys want to guess how many snaps Tony Pollard lined up in slot? He played 500 snaps for regular season. Regular season? Yeah. He, he, he played 500 snaps. Yep. He lined up in the slot twice. Tony? I want to I want to say give him the benefit. I want to say give me nine times. 
nine. It was thirty. It was thirty. You guys. Oh, uh, thirty! <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ! I, I was. Yeah. <laughs> Even that's a fraction, though. Like that's. Yeah, I was, I was sitting there waiting. I was waiting for the whole like, uh, none. <laughs> How about that? Zero <laughs> times. Uh, wow, that's actually kind of. I was kind of impressive. I was hoping you guys were gonna say like fifty or a hundred, and then I could drop the thirty. But no, you guys completely undershot it. I can't even actually, think of the time he was there. You guys couldn't be more far off here. I actually, uh, it's thirty. Uh, but anyway, so look, monitor as as more OTAs, mini camp, all the stuff that's about to develop between May and then training camp, July, and and all that. It's something to keep your eye on. I mean, look, I wish it was the the kiss method, you know stupid you know what i mean like you have these guys utilize them both and you know again do i am i an apologist for zeke over basically his entire career i am i'm, I'm the guy that's gonna say hey just wait just wait just wait and we're, we've waited and we've waited and we've waited and there's been flashes of greatness and last year he was leashing for a couple a uh, couple weeks you know what i'm saying he looked and then he gets hurt so now He's in the best shape of his life. I segue. I segue now to QB one, who apparently is also feeling as good as can be right now. Tony, paired to last year. Now you have Hard Knocks last year. You have everybody looking at the scar, right? You have everybody like, "Ooh, I can't believe this injury." Then you have his things where he he dealt with a lot of personal stuff, right? And is the, the mental aspect of playing quarterback for the Cowboys and turning your face with Hard Knocks. Do you like Dak Prescott in twenty two a lot more in twenty one? heading into the season? Unquestionably. I think, um, you know, a lot of you say we just talked about it. everybody's it's best shape of your life season. Everybody says that everybody's talking about that. I mean, I feel like I'm in the middle, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and like, so we're sitting there and we're talking about you, you hit the nail on the head, Dak Prescott with the mental stuff, with the physical stuff and every, and the physical stuff compounded to more physical stuff. So like things just kept, piling on for this guy i truly believe you know obviously at the end of the season everyone has nicks and bruises when he made the choice to not play in the pro bowl it clearly stated to me that this guy knew what was important he doesn't care about the pro bowls and going down there and being cutesy with these guys and trying to be buddy buddy for him it's you know it's i he looked at this offseason and how bitter he was of the finish and i truly believe he's in the best physical and mental state of his life because he he's finally got a full off season now he's going into like he's a true veteran he's a true leader he's somebody that is going to uh i think he's really going to explode and the kind it's a long way to answer your question but i 100 percent am all in and i buy on dak prescott this year and i wouldn't be surprised if it could be his best year yet I love the optimism. Trust me. I love that. Um, now, Aiden, in that same breath, now, obviously, again, he's the one claiming never been better, right? And then I think we're all in agreement that the mental aspect of the game has changed a little bit for him. And it's one year removed from a lot of, you know, bad things that happen in Dak's life. And, and obviously, you never forget, right? And you, and you never, you know, you know, you ever put it on the back burner. But I'm, I'm assuming that is now taking a little bit more of his life, which is great. Um, now, I know hidden yardage will be released later on uh, today and they're going to be talking about CD lamb, but I do want to touch on that a little bit. Do you think staying on Prescott? Do you think the fact that we lost Amari Cooper and we just, like I said, traded them for basically a bag of balls, right? Cause I mean, you didn't get much for him. Is that to give you or give Cowboys nation or members of the media that feeling of the Alan Hearns year, you know, and like that was our number one, you know, like, are you getting that Dak Prescott now has a built in excuse it's now CD show and, you know, it's, it's either time to deliver now with what you have, because it seems to me 
like there's been little tiny rumors to the the T.Y. Hiltons of the world and stuff like that and bringing in some veteran leadership, but it doesn't seem like there's anything actually happening. So do you look at 2022 as a year that you can kind of be like, well, he did this, but, you know, he lost Amari Cooper. You know what I mean? Like, is that juice that's built in already? I'm going the opposite direction, and I know that this could really come back to bite me, but I think this is the year that we find out what Dak Prescott's made of because, I mean, I trust in Dak. I think he's a great quarterback, but this year he still has, in my opinion, a top – it's at least a top half-wide receiving core in the league with Michael Gallup presumably back at some point. You could, like, CeeDee Lamb, J- the young Jalen Tolbert, James Washington fell in as wide receiver three. Like, that's a very serviceable wide receiver core. You have an, for the first time since, what, 2019, you have an entire offseason to get ready. You have, you're in the best shape you've been since 2019, at least the healthiest you've been since 2019. And, I mean, you know McCarthy's going to be coaching for his job. And so there's not really that excuse of, well, the coach is kind of giving up. So, I think all this, like th- these last two years, these inconsistency, inconsistency issues we've seen, I think you can kind of throw those under the rug for now. But 2022, that's the year where it's make it or break it for Dak. You either prove yourself as a top eight quarterback in the league or we're kind of going to be eh, with Dak. Tony. You know, the, the thing is, um, we – and I've been a huge proponent of this of saying I don't want – to get rid of Amari Cooper. I didn't want to. I wasn't on board with that. But you talk to the people and the and you read between the tea leaves and between the lines. And I'm just shooting straight. I know Dave can respect the shooting straight aspect of it. Amari Cooper, the player, is a dude who you would love to have on this team. But when the rubber hit the road and it got cold and it got tough, that man wasn't there. And you need guys who are going to be there. Everything that C.D. Lamb has said and is, I'm, how are you ready to be number number one wide receiver? 100% without hesitation ready to go. Jalen Tolbert looks like the type of guy who's a dog. You already know who Michael Gallup is as a person, how tough he is. I mean, he tore his ACL and scored a touchdown in the same breath. So it's like one of these things is we had talent, but now we need talent that rises to the occasion. I 100% believe Dak Prescott is that type of dude. I think Ezekiel Elliott is that guy. I don't have any questions that Zach Martin and Tyron Smith are those type of players. They just – the reason why Amari Cooper isn't here is because he, he welted when the, when the moment got big. And if I'm wrong, if that gets me crucified, then so be it. But that's what people are tiptoeing around like Gregory Hines, and that's just the fact of the matter. The team wants to go to tougher, stronger guys, guys who are ready in that moment, and you can look at it in the last two draft classes. That is uh, – that's what we call business, a hot take. <laughs> so, but listen, I'm with you. Listen, I am with you on that. Um. I've talked to plenty of people around the Cowboys circle, and there is a lot of feeling about Amari Cooper. And again, we're not trying to crap on the player that he is. He still, to me, is one of the betters in football right now. And now he gets to go play with Deshaun Watson, or whoever the hell the quarterback is when he gets suspended eventually. Like whoever's out there throwing the rock for, for Cleveland has got themselves a primo receiver when he's on. And he's all yourself. If, if it's damn. Or, you know, it's fourth and 16, like he's not even on the field. You know what I'm saying? Like it's – and I don't mean to, to put this on, but Aiden hit it right on the head saying, like, this is where we're going to find out who quarter one is. Well, what four has this year because when you look at this depth chart up and down, and, again, you got your dog of the world, McEwen's back for another year. You got something – brewing in Ferguson. Then you look at the wide receiver core. We're not even talking about guys like Noah Brown that's going to be in there like a Swiss Army Knife type guy. 
like the offense is there. And I think that the offensive line, I, I sounds ridiculous, but you lose a guy like Connor who led the league in like penalty. It's probably not the right stat, but you know what I'm saying? This is up there, right? And then you let Lyle Collins walk out the door. Um, but him on, you know what I mean? Like, so now I'm looking at this offensive line. If Tyron Smith obviously gets upright and stays upright, I'm looking at this offense as a whole better than they were going into last year. I know it sounds ridiculous, but like it seems like they're more equipped to to do bigger and better things. When I circle back to Dak Prescott, this is a guy that like this is this is who you want on your team. This is the kind of guy that you want to lead this squad. Uh, it, it's just it's not a matter of if; it's a matter of when. And 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 Tony might be right too. This might be their years because again, there's no pressure. And there's, when there's a guy like Amari Cooper on the field, you're looking for Cooper. And I'm not saying you're force-feeding Cooper, but you're looking for Cooper. You're looking to see who's lined up across. Now you an even keel of everybody. And I don't know themselves from the pack. You know what I mean? Like, you have a C.D. Lamb, and down your, right, coming back, asked. I mean, look, that that's very – it's very player speak, Tony. I mean, like when they're like, "Oh, are you ready to be number one?" He's not gonna. I don't know, man. <laughs> like this is this is a lot of pressure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I can handle all this. Like, of course they're gonna say, "Yeah, let's go, let's go." You know, like that's great. But I look at all three, four receivers that we have spread across, and I see a lot of similar one of them. So the corners are gonna be they're gonna be bugging to try to figure out which one that they should be focused on, and I think that bodes well for quarterback four. Um, okay. so. More storylines, right? I mean, you said it in the beginning, Tony, about Tyron Smith going and or not so much going down, but you know, getting rest day and, and OTAs. And it's just like, dude, you had a couple months. That was a lot of rest, no? Like, what are we what are we gonna do as far as offensive line if the inevitable happens and Tyron Smith goes down? Like you obviously have depth, but are you confident in the depth that they have right now if he goes down? It's. I don't know how we could possibly say that we're absolutely confident right now. I mean, it, I think the first guy in, the first crack at it was Josh Ball, who took a red shirt last year. I mean, he, and we don't know. I mean, I, I can't really speak to what his on-play field looks like. I'm sure he'd been in the classroom and he'd been involved all last year. Um, but we're going to have to see it physically. And that was what was so concerning about letting Lel Collins go for nothing was the fact that the matter is, yeah, you may be in love with Terrence Steele. You think Terrence Steele is the right tackle right now, but – but this is the league where not all five offensive linemen ever play all the games in the season, especially on this team where we're, you know, we're mixing and matching and we're doing flavors of the week and stuff. It, it's, it's just really tough to try to pinpoint who it's going to be. So my biggest concern about the offense, if the offensive line can stay intact, stay healthy, stay continuity, I think you're right. I think Dak Prescott will have enough time to pick apart. I think there's enough players to make plays. But I'm very nervous about Tyron Smith and and you know what the what the present and the future looks like for this offensive line. Aiden, is there a solve right away? I mean, is there anybody out? There? Is it is the solve internal? What do you think? Oh, obviously nobody's rooting for the guy to get hurt, and we hope he's he plays 17 games, right? Like, I mean, that's that goes without saying. Um, but like in the event and the probability, you're a numbers guy, Aiden. You're the professor. The, the, the probabilities of, of Tyron missing a game or two, right? So do we have the solve behind him? Because when when guys like Tyron Smith go, kind of like how I said it when, like in his prime, if Sean Lee went out, that defense almost couldn't function for whatever reason. I have no idea why. It's just like all hell broke loose, maybe because he's that much of a, a voice out there on the field. 
But like when Tyron Smith goes out and that left tackle is missed, I feel like we can't function as, as human beings, let alone football players. So like, what what are we looking at as far as when Tyron is a couple games? Do we have what we need on the roster right now? I mean, it's hard to decipher, like, because currently the only people that really know, I think, are Mike McCarthy, Kellen Moore, and Joe Philbin. Like, I just, the issue going into the season, and Tony hit on it, is you have two linemen that you know are good when they play, and the rest of the linemen on the depth chart are complete question marks, which, I mean, they've showed upside at times, so I think that some of the players we can trust, like Tyler Biotish, I think is relatively, he's a trustworthy guy. The only issue is when you start digging into guys like Josh Ball and that Willetsko. I mean, I personally, I can't, I have no idea how they're, I mean, do you even shift Tyler Smith out if Tyler Smith misses time, which he's not getting rave reviews at, at OTAs. And so it, I mean, it's going to be a complete, I, I'm going to be so interested to see how this offensive line plays this year, because I do think how our offensive line shows up, whether it's, exceeds expectations or they're below expectations. I think that's the difference between like an eight win season and like a 13 win season. I think it all hinges on how does the upside of that offensive line pan out through the year. And right now with Tyron Smith missing time, I'm very worried. Aiden, uh, Aiden used the most sugar coated light version of everything he wanted to say. He said he used, he used the word quote interested. He's not interested. Aiden is petrified, and so are all of me. <laughs> so if something happens with this offensive line, it's <laughs> So anyway. Like what, so what would y'all's your... fix be at the minute? I think it would probably be Josh Ball, but like I can't even yeah. begin to give that, you an actual answer. When you when you have a guy like a a Josh Ball who again didn't see any time last year, um, redshirted practically. Um unless you sold me something in the preseason or, or a training camp and you're, you're bullying some of our defensive linemen, then, then maybe I'll be like, oh, all right, you know what? We got a We got a dog over here. We'll, we'll be okay. Like going into it. I'm, you could be interested all you want. I'm nervous as all hell. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. So who, uh, again, a, a down period in football, you know, as we kind of put a bow on this edition, of the first and 10 podcast right here on the blog and the boys podcast. Now we're going to be sure to leave us a review. I'm kind of tired of seeing just reviews for RJ's on uh, iTunes. I, I do need, I need you guys out there who are listening to leave a review. Tell us how much you love us uh, in particular and how much you wouldn't even listen to any other show, any other show, unless we were, uh, unless we were the kicking you off. But now I have to ask you guys both, you know, the, you know, or at least one more general question. One thing to look at or one thing you're focused on going forward into the rest of May, you know, you got a couple more practices scheduled here and there scattered throughout. And then obviously, you know, we'll touch on training camp as we go and as we get there. But Tony, one thing that you're looking at with, with serious like binoculars, like you want to make sure you get this right as far as coverage is concerned, you're looking forward to. You know, I'm not saying this because he's wearing the star now. I'm just saying this because this is honestly how I felt going into it. I thought Jalen Tolbert was one of the most uh, NFL-ready wide receivers. I think what he brought to his game with his wiggle, his route running, his physique, like the guy is a specimen physically. I'm, I'm going to watch the way he develops because his development, how quick he can come in and be a productive NFL wide receiver is, is going to put that M- Michael Gallup 
um, you know, whether it's a, a month, two weeks, three weeks, however he's long out, is going to make that soften that blow up a little bit. And I'm on record here, I believe, last week's episode saying I love James Washington as the fourth wide receiver. I'm okay with him as the three. If Tol- Tolbert can come in here and be like a 2B, the 2A when Michael Gallup is here, I think we don't miss a beat with the Amari Cooper situation. And we traded guys with um, different mentalities, so to speak. So I'm really going to watch Jalen Tolbert, see how he gets up to speed. And it seems like QB1 is going to allow him to really to flourish the way he's been working with him. All right. Right. Just because you're talking about number three receiver, number four receiver, all this other stuff. Simi Fajoko, is he on the Dallas Cowboys in 2022? Yes or no? I would say, I'm going to say yes. I think this is the year that Noah Brown gets his walking papers. If if they like Simi Fajoko. Whoa. Really? Whoa. Okay. I mean, because they got to be able to do the same thing. I understand that Noah Brown is that, like, you know, almost hybrid tight end. He's a blocker, a special teams guy. If Simi Fajoko is going to be on this roster, he needs to do what Noah Brown does. Here's Fair. a crazy thing that I read when I, I – for some reason, I was reading Simi Fajoko's scouting report, like, last week. They <laughs> so hypothesized – so, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's I the know. most random thing. Like, you know, I was sitting on the can the other day, and I was like, I wonder what his scouting report was like. <laughs> I, okay, I was writing an article. I wanted to read more about him. They they suggested moving Simi to tight end. Like oh, they're like God. he's such a big body that the the scouts were like just move him to tight end. Hope you guys are not with that. No, he's a four three speed too. I mean, he's a four three guy. If he's a tight end running even low four fours, that's intriguing. I mean, that's just seen tight ends on the roster right now. <laughs> can we not? <laughs> I just feel like- and none of them can block. And you know what? You just got blocked on Twitter by Dalton Schultz. So congratulations for that. Um, Anyway, so Aiden, same question to you, bro. Something that you're looking at, uh, you know, again, that you might want to do some research on similar to a Simi Fajoko scouting report. Is there something that you're going to be looking at uh, going forward? I wanted, I just want to know the starting defensive line. I think that right now the only lock is Demarcus Lawrence. And then you have, a bunch of guys like I think it's Carl. I think Carlos Watkins might be the only defensive tackle not on his rookie contract at the moment. And I that this is just me off the top of my head. So I'm probably wrong. But like you have a bunch of young, promising defensive tackles, guys who have flashed at times. But I mean, I'm assuming Osa's like a guy that's probably going to start. But who knows? Who knows who's going to start at the opposite defensive end? Like Demarcus Lawrence kind of came out and gave praise to Sam Williams a little bit. But I don't know. Who, who knows what's going to happen with that other defensive end position? I'm just I'm interested across the board and what happens with the defensive line outside of Demarcus Lawrence. Defense seems to be uh, a conversation that we can address as we go because there's a lot of bodies out there and how you want to rotate them in. Who makes the cut? Who doesn't make the cut? Which guy do we let walk out the building and say like, damn it, we should have never let him walk out the building? There's going to be a lot of that. Um, there's going to be a lot of that. Uh, you guys obviously focused on um you know tony with the receivers you with the defensive line i I, it's gonna sound ridiculous but i'm very 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 curious to know the approach that mike mccarthy takes knowing that his back all right now man it is i've never seen uh with this kind of pressure knowing that like if i don't bring dallas a super bowl this year i almost want to give him the benefit maybe losing the nfc game and he might be back but like if you don't bring it this year, there's waiting to take your job. And, and I think that's 
um, it's good and bad because good as a motivator, right? You want to, you want to do your best. You want to put your best foot forward. Uh, bad is that it's all, you know, the devil that like hangs on your shoulder when you have the angel of devil, like Sean Payton is just sitting there like, I'm here, I'm there I'm gonna, on your ear. Here we go. I'm right here. You know? So you're kind of wondering like, all right, can he put that away? And you know what? If the Cowboys, for whatever reason, and it's very possible, let's just say the Cowboys get off to an 0 2 start because look, you got the Bucks and the Bengals, you know? So it's not like there ain't no cakewalk. And we're, I think I put them at 2 and 0 or whatever. I forget what we did the other day, but like the fact is, those two games are pivotal to start your year. If the Cowboys go 0 and 2, is the Sean Payton stuff just immediately going to fl- like flood the media in Dallas? Um, so yeah, I'm interested to see the, development the way he handles all the press conferences i know it's again it's redundant you, you, you know we watched it with jason garrett how are we doing guys you know what i mean like it, it's all you would see and that's and it would ring in your head forever now it's a new thing where it's like you do hear the the sound of mike mccarthy's voice and it's getting a little redundant but he's also more i think he's more direct i think he's more he's capable of giving you a, a blunt answer maybe sometime here so i'm curious to know how this guy handles the entire offseason, and, you know, he's got the camps coming up, and he's got a lot of decisions to make with a lot of different positions, and he's got the coaches in place. I really – I do believe Kellen Moore. Another – guess what, ladies and gents? If McCarthy's fired, Moore's going too. You know what I mean? Like, there's no – this is a package deal right now. Both of those guys are out the door, so they're both going to have to coach for their lives. And, obviously, we love Dan Quinn onto the defense, and uh, Dan Quinn, obviously, uh, a friend of McCarthy's outside the the, the coaching room. So you would think like he's not going to be chomping at the bit for, but if in the event something happens, you know I'm confident in Dan Quinn. But we'll see, we'll see how that all wraps up. Uh, Tony obviously is a um, he's a man abroad right now, so I would say enjoy your Memorial Day. But I don't know how much enjoyment you can get out of staying in one room. Um, do they even are they even allowed to bring you like room service like at the door? Did they just leave it? So the highlight of my day while I'm in <laughs> quarantine here, locked up abroad is the room service I'm getting and the showers I'm taking. And this, I said, you know what I said? I said, I don't care how, like, what I got to do in the solitary confinement situation. I got to find a way to get and record this podcast. So this is literally the highlight of my day. So (laughs) You know, know, it's funny. In comparison, it's the highlight of every single fan's day, too. When they hear the sounds of our voices, I mean, there's a hot dog and a beer at poolside, right? And they're like, wow listen dude do we want to listen to the jams do we want to do we want to turn on some uh old american music whether it be bringing or something to that effect right no they're gonna put on the blog in the boys podcast now we're gonna listen to sounds of our voice and they're gonna get jazzed up uh aiden you're out there obviously until when you're you're just hanging out there you have family out there yeah all my family's out here outside of like my, my parents so right next to jesse got... pinkman i love it <laughs> another stop on the tour Oh, dude, I got to get out of New Mexico. This is crazy. Breaking Bad is one of my favorite shows of all time. All right, so I'm going to also kick back and uh, maybe like the 92 Super Bowl or something. Put myself in a good mood, you know, because it's been a long time. I got to pop in VHS somewhere around here. But uh, anyway, it's been another episode of the First Intent here on the Blogging the Boys Podcast Network. So for Dave, Tony, and Aiden, happy Memorial Day. Enjoy yourselves. And look, we'd be remiss, and I'd be remiss, to not obviously continue to Continue thoughts and prayers to everybody just right now. I know a lot of you guys are going through a very hard time and hopefully, you know, I'm not saying to ever forget what happened, but for those, for this 38 that you're listening to us, hopefully you can focus in on some Cowboy stuff 
and um, you know, and, and try it hardest to uh, you know sidetrack your mind a little bit. But again, our thoughts and prayers in blogging the boys. So we'll see. You-